0: Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 1115 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcowita.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Cowita. I hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, I hope you guys have your Bibles. If you do, go ahead and open up to the book of Acts. We're going to be in the very first chapter and the second chapter of Acts today. If you'll go ahead and open up uh, uh, the Bible to the book of Acts, that's where we're kind of going to be dwelling at for this last, this is the last sermon in this series uh, called Equipped, and what we intended to do here is to give you some basic uh, tenets of the faith so that you can become equipped to live a God-centered life. And so, that's, that's really what our hope is and what our, our goals are. A lot of people, they want, to, uh, they want to change their life for the better, but oftentimes people don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it. And so I hope if you miss some things in this series that you'll go back and that you'll listen to some of the messages that are online, that are on our app. You can listen to those things. But today we're going to wrap up the series. And I wanted to start by talking to you about this. I don't know who was your idol or who was your favorite character or whatever when you were growing up, but let me tell you who mine was, all right? Mine was the Lone Ranger, okay? Now, I called my aunt this week and I said, listen, look and see if you have the picture when I was five years old. When I was five years old, there was a picture of me I had on green underwear all right. Yeah, I did. I don't know why I wore green underwear. So, but I had green underwear on, and my aunt made me, she took a rubber band, big long rubber band, and she took out, and she took some some construction paper. It was orange construction paper. Go figure. And uh, she cut out eyes, and she made me a Lone Ranger mask. I'm happy to report we could not find that picture. All right. So, so but what I thought I'd do is, is I thought... I would let you kind of go into my life a little bit on a Saturday morning. So if we could kill the lights, this is kind of what I would do when I would sit in front of the TV. Here's what I would see. Check it out. With the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty "Hiyo Silver," the Lone Ranger. Hiyo Silver, away! That video this week. I don't know how the Lone Ranger got fourteen shots out of a six shooter, (laughs) but he did. Did you hear it? I was like, either Lone Ranger was a terrorist or they did some editing because it was really weird. But that's what I loved. I would sit in front of the TV. My parents all watched older stuff. And so I grew up, as a matter of fact, one of the maddest my mother, the only time my mom has ever been mad at my wife is she had just met her. And we sat down and my mom did what we always do. We had dinner. We sat on the couch and at six o'clock we would turn on the Andy Griffith show. And I said, hey, let's watch Andy Griffith. And Wendy kind of looked at me, and she said, I said, you don't like Andy Griffith? She goes, no, it's kind of dumb. And my mom looked at Wendy like there was hair she had been had. She was out. She was out. So, but listen, we watched all those shows, and I loved the Lone Ranger. I did. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be honest with you. When doing this whole video, it kind of took me back to when I was a kid. And I would sit in front, and I I had a little horse, you know, now... Like a kid says, I want a horse, and they get an actual horse. Like, when I wanted a horse, I got a stick with a head on it. All right? Is everybody with me? Did everybody remember those? A stick with a head and a little red thing? And I'd go, and go, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why I was doing that, but that's what I saw a Lone Ranger do, so that's what I did. So, But we had the Lone Ranger, and I loved the Lone Ranger. And, and he, had, he had, what he would do, here's what he would do. He would go into a town like there would be a problem. It always would, you would never really see the Lone Ranger starting out, right? It would go in. It would be a problem somewhere. There would be an issue somewhere. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Lone Ranger would step up. What seems to be the problem here, ma'am? And they would always, and he would go through, and he would settle the matter, and he would do everything he needs to do. And then at the end, here's what they would do. They would always ask the question, Who is that masked man? Why, it's the Lone Ranger. And then he would show that again. Remember that? That's what we would do. I loved it. He was my idol. He was my idol. I loved the Lone Ranger. And it's interesting because when I was working on getting ready for this message today, all that kept coming to my mind was the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. I told you Last week, that when we do messages like this, we kind of say the last ones for the most difficult for the last, and we kind of have done that because you know, last week we talked about obedience, and, and this week we're we're actually gonna talk about embracing Jesus' church. All right, embracing Jesus' church. What I found in the last two and a half years is that there's a lot of people that really love when it comes to church being the Lone Ranger. Are you with me? They don't live in the town. They don't participate in the family. What they do is, is they, they come in. Most of them have a mask on. And they participate and then they leave. And I don't see them again for a week or two. And they'll come in, mask on, participating. Then they'll leave. And I won't see him again. And I go up to Lynn or some of the guest services people and I say, who is that masked man? They're like, I don't know. He didn't fill out a card. A lot of people think that they can be Lone Rangers when it comes to their spiritual walk. And I'm going to tell you something, that is a lie. As a matter of fact, it's a lie because when you do not embrace the church, when you do not embrace Jesus' church, you are missing out on the very thing that Jesus created in order to bring forth his message. I want you to hear that. Okay. I want you to hear that. Let's take a look at Acts. We're going to see the first church service in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 12, okay? Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 12. What's happened is, I'll just go up and read the first part of the Acts too. It says this, it says, after, and this is starting in verse 9, so I'll catch up at 12, but I want you to know what they've been through. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud, that's Jesus, while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. And as they strained, they kept looking upward and looking upward. Two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. And here we go. Here comes the first church service right here. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance a half a mile. When they arrived, they went upstairs, uh, went to the upstairs room of the house where they, where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, uh, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together, and here it is. They were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brother the brothers of Jesus. That right there is the first gathering after Jesus has ascended. That's the first gathering of people that came together. And it says this, it says they were all united as one. They were all united in prayer. They were all united. Now we're getting ready to see the second part of this. And it starts in Acts chapter 2. And you guys have all heard this. Starting in verse 42, here's what it says. It says this, Chapter 2, verse 42 All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That means they actually came to a location and they actually heard the apostles' teaching. And a fellowship and a sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and a prayer. So that means they didn't just come to the church here, they actually had meals amongst themselves. Small groups. They had milks amongst themselves in their homes, and they discussed the teachings of the apostles and they had t- discussed what it was that Jesus was doing. And then it said this A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together here we go met together in one place and shared everything that they had. That's the church. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and with great generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Of course, he added to the fellowship of those being saved, because whenever you have an overjoy uh, over overflowing joy that comes about you, other people want to know exactly what it is that you're looking at. And so I want to tell you something You cannot be a lone ranger. You cannot be a lone ranger. And in my opinion, live the full, and I think the Bible's opinion, live the full life, the full life that Jesus has for you. And some people always say, well, what about someone on a deserted island? Okay. How often does that happen? Okay. Obviously, deserted island thing doesn't happen very often. I'm talking about every day, your every day going in and going out. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, how do we embrace the church? That's the question. The question on the floor is how do we embrace the church? These people were having all kinds of issues. They were having all kinds of of things happen to them. I want you to know something. A lot of things that they were having happen to them are things that actually happen to us today. And I couldn't have said that 15 years ago, but I can say it today. Because do you know that today, I'll tell you this, do you know that there are people that do not like me personally, me personally, because I stand up here and teach. Do you know that? And I'm not talking about over in Saudi Arabia, I'm talking about in Noonan, Georgia. Because I teach what it is that the Bible says, they don't necessarily like me they don't they don't agree with me they don't want anything to do with me sometimes when I go to the movies I see people that don't like me and I'm praying Lord please don't let them sit by me please I literally had a situation where someone that was there and they did not like they did not like that I was a pastor and they just said that did not like that I was teaching what God's word says and they said that and I saw them at the movies and I was like wow I thought I was going to enjoy the movie we may be the movie. Who knows what's going to happen here? And so, but they went to see Wonder Woman. Thank God. I was like, thank you, Lord. I just wanted to go and enjoy some popcorn in a movie. But that happens, y'all, to me. And guess what? Whether it's happened to you or not, I don't know, but it's going to start happening to you. You're going to have to, you're going to have a choice whether or not you're going to say what you believe or what you don't believe. And you're going to need that. And you're going to need to come together as a group and reaffirm what it is that the scripture says. You're going to need that. You're going to need to embrace the church. Can't do that if you're a lone ranger. You can't do that if you're a lone ranger. I want to tell you something. The first thing that embracing the church is is this. I want you to listen. It's we recognize the Christian life was not be, meant to be lived in relationship with, with in relationship without other people. Okay? It wasn't. It wasn't meant to be lived outside of relationship with other people. It was meant for people to have relationships with with one another. All right? It was meant so that we would engage relationships with one another. I've already told you this in Genesis. Chapter two. Whenever he he is he is forming one and two. It says he's forming Adam and he 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 makes Adam and Adam goes through the whole thing and he tries to name all the animals and there was nothing suitable for him uh, to, to be mates with and so finally he says this. Jesus says, it, I mean uh, God said it is not good for this man to be alone and he says the same thing about us. It's not good for you to be alone. It's not good for us <clears throat> to be alone i want to tell you this the church itself is the mechanism that jesus has chose to bring forth his word and his and his mission it's the church you guys And I'm not talking about the church in general, okay? I'm going to flip over real quick to the book of Revelation. I'm not talking about that. You're like, yeah, I know that, but I'm the church. I'm part of the church. I'm not part of a church, but I'm part of the church. You know, like I'm a Christian, and so I'm part of the church as a whole. Well, you know, yeah, you are part of the church as a whole. But I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus is speaking to the church in Revelation, here's, here's what he said write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. Okay? He didn't say, write this letter to the angel, write this letter to the people, you know, in the area of Smyrna or in the area of Nuna. He said, no, write it to the specific church in Smyrna. That's what he says. He also says this. He says, write this letter to the, uh, 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 up to the angel of the church in Pergamum. And he starts telling them specific things about their church. He starts saying, like Laodicea, he said this, and it's so incredible because in Laodicea, Laodicea lay right between a hot spring and and water, cold water and hot water. They laid right in the middle. And so when they would get the water from the cold, by the time it got into Laodicea, it was warm. By the time the hot water, hot spring came to Laodicea, it was warm. And so what did Jesus say? I've seen your deeds, yet you are lukewarm. He is speaking specifically about a specific church. If he were talking to us, he would say to the church of real church in Sharpsburg, this is what I say to you. He's not coming back. He's coming back for the church as a whole. But let me tell you something. He is very aware of the specific churches, and that is the mechanism that he has for us to grow through. That's the mechanism that he has for us to be around. Listen, this past week I had a situation that reminded me of this. There was a friend of mine who who was going through a little bit of a tough time. We all face tough times, and a lot of times these tough times come out of the blue and this tough time came out of the blue i mean it was like and it wasn't like a oh my gosh i stubbed my toe on the way to bed it wasn't one of those tough times it was a tough time it was a okay god what are you going to do next and they they were they we had a meeting that was planned and they had to decide okay am i going to lay here on the couch or am i going to go to this meeting where other members of the church are at and maybe let god speak to me through what we're going to talk about and you know what they did. They laid there on that couch. No, they did not lay there on that couch. They drug their happy tail up. Even though they did not want to come, they drug themselves up and went because they overrode their feelings Is what they knew the truth was. And guess what? Guess what happened? God began to speak here, there, through this person and that person. And they left the meeting feeling encouraged and knowing Reaffirming that God is who he said he is. That's exactly what happens. That's what happens whenever we come together as the church. It's the reason that you're here today. I sometimes have to get a net and drag you guys in here. Why is that? Because you're engaging outside. That's a great thing outside to do. That's a great thing. You look, and I don't know who made the little pumpkin muffins, but yes, yes. Preach, because that is awesome, okay? Uh, Just keep making those, and our numbers are going to increase, okay? Uh, Our waist size is too, but our numbers will too. Um, Listen, why do we do that? Well, because we want to engage with people. We haven't seen them in a week, and we want to engage and see what they're doing and what's going on. We get encouragement from that. We come in, and this is the time where we come in. We hear what God's word has to say. We worship him. We praise him. We open our hearts up to worshiping him. When you worship him, you're telling him, God, you're bigger than I am. Your ways are higher than mine. And suddenly, some of those issues that we've dealt with when we walked in, they don't seem so big when we walk out. That's what we do. Had a friend of mine that when we were going to start Real Church, I said, why in the world would you want to do this? Why would you want to do this? Why would you want to, you know, why would you want to come do this? And they said this, they said, I want to worship and be and do ministry with the people uh, that I love and that I'm close to. That's why. And that's why they're still here. It's the church. We're supposed to be in relationship with one another, but it's not just that, you guys. We are to actively participate in the life of the church. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 10. I think we have it up there. Hebrews chapter 10, my notes I sent, Lynn, were a mess. He had to text me this morning and say, dude, I don't know what this is, but (laughs) Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, it starts in verse 23, it says, "'Let us hold tightly.'" Without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And so let us motivate one another to acts of of love and good works. And I've seen some of you guys do that. I've seen some of you guys text each other and say, Hey, listen, I know you're having a tough time right now. I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. I just want you to know that I got your back. I want you to know if you need anything. You're motivating them to acts of love and good works. You're helping them get through what it is that they're going through at that time. And then it says this, and I love this. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Let us not grow tired. Let us not neglect, let us not neglect the meeting together as a church, as a people. Can I tell you guys something? I look forward to next weekend. Next weekend, I look forward to. Next weekend uh, is Labor Day weekend. (laughs) Brian had seven muffins. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Little hyped up on sugar back there. Um, I look forward to, to next weekend. I'm going to be completely transparent with you. I had always dreaded Memorial Day and Labor Day. Why is that? Well, as a pastor, and especially as a student pastor, I, I had no control over that, but we couldn't take off. We had to be at church. And here was the truth. The people that came to church that Sunday didn't want to be there. The people that all went to the lake for sure didn't want to be there. And most of the pastoral staff didn't want to be there either. And I started talking to Lynn whenever we were thinking about planting the church, and I was like, hey, you know, what, what if we just said on Memorial Day and Labor Day, we're just not going to meet. We're going to have family day. We're going to have family time. I need a break. You need a break. You know, let's just launch right after Labor Day and go back into our, our a new series. And what would you think about that? And he has a condo in Death, Florida, so he was like, I'm cool with that, man. It's all good. Heck yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, But that's exactly next week. We don't have services here. We don't. We don't have services here. Why is that? Let me tell you why it is. Because I want you to be able to take a Sunday off and not feel guilty about not being here. I want the people that serve here to be able to take a Sunday off. I want Gwen, and I want all the people in the children's ministry, and I want all the people that do security for us and the guest services and Lynn, and Brandon, and I want Jeremy and them to do the same thing, and all the worship team, and all the people that put this whole, this whole thing together, I want all of them to be able to take a Sunday off and not feel guilty about having to, having to call out. That's why. Also, we need to have time with our families, and oftentimes that is, that is in such short order these days. So I look forward to that. I'm, I'm not a legalist when it comes to, 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 to this. I, I look forward to next weekend. There's no services here. We have no services here. When I told the church that meets here, when I told them we didn't have services, they were like, "What? What?" Well, there's a reason why most churches have services every Sunday, and it has little to do with your spiritual life. Most of it has to do with them passing an offering plate. I'm just being honest with you. That's just the truth. That's behind the backdrop a little bit, but that is the truth. So I look forward to it. You know, guess what? Guess what happens to me every time I come back? Guess what happens the week after when I come back? I have more people come up and tell me, "Man." I said, did you have a good week last weekend? Yeah, I really did. But you know, I really missed everybody. That's what they say. I really missed everybody. I really do. Why is that? You know why you missed everybody? Because you missed the encouragement. You missed being with them. You missed checking in with them. You missed what it was that we do here on a weekly basis. Whenever Wendy and I moved from Tulsa to Nashville, we moved from Tulsa to Nashville and whenever we moved there, we didn't find a church right off bat. As a matter of fact, we didn't go to church for one week. And then the second week came, and we didn't really go anywhere. And then the third week came, and we didn't really go anywhere. Can I tell you guys by the third week after that Sunday afternoon, I was like, Wendy. We got to go find a church, man. I've got to find some fellow believers that I can engage with, that I can learn from, that I can encourage, and that I can get encouragement from. I have to do that. And can I tell you this? Since the time I was 16 years old, when I started going to church, I didn't go to church before I was 16, but when I was 16, I started going to church. From that moment until now, those three weeks are the only three weeks that I have been without a church family. They are. They are, and I want to tell you something that has helped my church growth. That has helped my, my that's helped my spiritual growth. That's helped my when I look when I look at uh, uh, at my life, I see that I see that I needed that in my life. I want to tell you a little secret. God knows what He's doing. He does. He understands what He's doing. He didn't just say, "Man, how am I going to do this? How am I going to grow this thing?" Uh, Let's just have a bunch of people get together. Let's just, let's, heck, let's just throw that against the wall and see if that works. No, he created us. He knows what you need and he knows what I need. He also knows this. He also knows that when you hadn't been here in a while, he knows that you love it when you come. And the reason you love it when you come is because you are literally spiritually dry and you need to be poured into. He knows that. He knows how we're created. He knows everything about us. And I'm telling you, for me, for me, That is how my life has been. I want to tell you something. I will admit to you right now, I cannot live the Christian life solo. And whether you admit it or not, you can't either. Whether you admit it or not, you can't. You can't either. So, why do some people not actively participate in the church? Well, it's because of the mask. I'll go back to the mask. It's the mask. It's the mask. They've been hurt by a church. They've been hurt by a pastor. They've been hurt by Christians. You know, we're, Christians are the only people that shoot their wounded. Did you know that? <laughs> you know, wounded people come in and we shoot them in the head. I mean, that's just what we oftentimes do. You know what I mean? When we start showing our, our, our you know, I always get the question, why did you name it Real Church? Well, I named it Real Church because I found out that most people come into church and they're not genuine and they're not Real. And I wanted people to know they can come in here and be genuine and real. Be who they are. We'll start with wherever you are. Wherever you are spiritually, we'll start right there. And we'll start working with you to grow your faith. Most people who wear the mask, they don't trust other people. They don't trust that they're not going to get taken advantage of. They don't trust that they're not going to get hurt. They don't trust those things. And so they wear a mask. But... I want to tell you something. The Lone Ranger wasn't into building relationships with people. Okay? He swooped in and swooped out. That's what he did. But he didn't get in the lives of those people. He didn't plug in and engage with those people. And he always wore the mask. He always did. Listen, there's one more thing I want to tell you. And it's this. To embrace God's church... We give our time, we give our talents, and we, and we give our tithe to support the church. And everybody just said, here we go. I came to visit the church, and he's going to talk about giving. Well, I am a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. I didn't have any notes on this topic. On this last one, I didn't have any notes until this morning. I didn't because I was like, well, I don't, I'm not sure what I'm going to say. And I decided I would just be dead honest with you. We're broke. You guys need to give money. I'm just kidding. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. The, the, the broke part is the truth, but no, I'm just kidding. That's not. Um, God's, God's providing big time. So listen, these three areas make up the majority of our life. We all have time. Every bit of us. We all have time. And I'm going to tell you something. What you pour your time into will tell me what is closest to your heart. I want you to hear that. What you pour your time into is what is closest to your heart. It is what you put your time in, where you put your time, what you make time for is what's closest to your heart. We have to be people that give time to our local church. We do. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the local church needs your time. We need your time here. We need your time, but we also need your talents. We need your talents. There's a lot of people here that are very gifted They are gifted in various areas and they have these talents. And those talents go and they sit on a chair and they are never used. Listen, God didn't give you those talents so that you can you can, you know, do that at home and not let anybody see it. He didn't give you those teaching talents or those singing talents or those, you know, playing talents, or on and on and on and on and on. He didn't give you those talents. He didn't do that so that you could sit on those. You know what he gave them for? He did them so that you could support the local church. That's what he did them for. That's why he gave those things to you. And he wants you to give those back to him so that he can use them. That's what he wants. And here's the final one, our tithe. I'm not going to apologize for telling you guys that you need to tithe. I'm not going to apologize for that. Now, I will tell you that we don't take up an offering here. We don't. And people ask me that. As a matter of fact, I'll never forget the first time I met with with, uh, um, with the the associational guy here, I said, he said, so so you know, blah blah blah. He said, what about you know, you got offering plates? I said, no, we're not going to pass the offering plate. And he literally put his fork down at lunch and he said, you've lost your mind. <laughs> And I said, well, I'm not, I haven't lost my mind. He goes, why would you not do that? You need to pass an offering plate. And he got kind of, I said, no, I'm not going to do that. We do take up an offering, but it's not by it's not offering plate. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why it is. It's two reasons. The first reason is, is that there's a large majority of you guys that actually give, but you give online, like I do. I give online. And I was, I was a pastor of various churches, and I would always give online, and the plate would come right by me, and I'd be like, okay, I give you guys. And I wanted to say, debit card, just let everybody know. Delta community right here, second of the month, every month right here. Um, but that, that's that's what, they, that's what they would do, and people would be kind of awkward. But here's the most important reason why. Because I don't want you to give out of guilt. I don't. I don't. I don't want you to give out of guilt. I don't. I want you to give with a cheerful heart. I want you to give trusting God. I want you to give because God has prompted you to do so. I will tell you this. God will take care of real church whether you give or not. That's the fact. I don't want to guilt you into that, just like I don't want to guilt you into coming down here and giving your life over to Jesus when it's not real and it's not reality. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that church and I want to be that person. I just don't want to be that person. And I don't think Jesus was that person either. I think he told people what the truth was and then let them sit with it and make their own decisions as to what God has led them to do. So that's why we don't take up and pass we, we take up an offering. We don't pass the plate. We have boxes in the back. But I'll tell you something. The scripture doesn't lie when it says wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. That's right. Whatever you spend your money on, I can look in your checkbook and I don't know if people even keep checkbooks anymore. I, I know we don't, but uh, I can look in the checkbook or I can look and I can tell you where your passion is, I can tell you where your heart is, I can tell you those things. I don't say that to guilt you. You and I both know it's true. I want to encourage you. If you've never trusted God through tithing, I want to encourage you to do it. I want to encourage you. I want to tell you something. And this is the truth, and it still stands true today. And if it ever changes, I'll let you know. I have never, ever, 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 never. I have never, ever, ever seen anyone who chose to tithe and God didn't provide for them. As a matter of fact, they found out that life on the 90% is much better than life on the 100%. It is. I can tell you it is. Life's better. It is. I've never, ever seen God. I've never, ever seen him not do what he says he's going to do. Ever. And it didn't matter the situation. It didn't matter what it was. I've never seen it happen. And I've been doing this for a long time. But I don't want you to do it out of guilt. I don't. You know, tithing is like having a kid. You're never really ready to do it, are you? You just got to jump out and do it. That's how it is. That's how it was for me. You want to hear my tithing story? I'll tell you. I wanted, I, I was uh, I was working hard uh, in Tennessee and sending money to my beautiful bride. She wasn't my bride yet. We were engaged and I was sending money to her. And um, she called me very happy and she said, she said, I found a $100 bill in one of my jewelry boxes that I'd forgotten that I got as a bonus. And it was like a year earlier she had gotten this. She found a $100 bill. And my thought actually went immediately to groceries. And I said, that's awesome. I said, you can spend 50 bucks this week and 50 bucks next week on groceries, and I won't have to send you any money. And maybe I can stop working double shifts at the, I did, I worked at a mental health facility, so I didn't live at a mental health facility. I worked (laughs) at a mental health facility. Um, and so she said, yeah, but I went to church today and I hadn't given in so long that I just put it in the offering plate. I said, you did what? She said, yeah. I said, did you get change? (laughs) Did you like get 95 back? She said, wait a minute. She said, we've never had this conversation. This was in March or I don't know, it was in late March. We've never had this conversation. I said, what conversation? She said, do you tithe, do you give at least 10% of what you earn? I said, I give. (laughs) Silence. She said, do you give at least 10% of what you earn? I've never asked you that. You're sending me all this. Do you give? I said, I give, I give. She said, no, do you give? At least 10% or more to what you earn. And I said, No, I've never really done that. Exact words as God is my witness. Well, I guess we're not going to be able to get married then because we're going to be a tithing family. And God spoke to me right then and said, You need to start tithing. (laughs) Because she was way too good looking to give up over 10%. You know what I'm saying? She was worth a hundred. But at that moment in my life, I did. I did that. And I want to tell you something. Two weeks later, I promise this is true, two weeks later, she calls me. Hey, what are you doing? Not much. She was at home with her family. She said, I just got finished hanging out with Dad. I said, yeah. She said, "Uh, guess what? I said, what? She said, he gave me $10,000. I was like, now in Waverly, Tennessee. I mean, in Waverly, Tennessee, where I'm from, ten thousand dollars might won't be a million. All right, that's how it was in my, my family. Um, I said, "He did what?" She goes, "Yeah, yeah, you know, for the wedding stuff, he gave me $10,000. She said, "You know, I gave that hundred dollars a couple of weeks ago, right?" I said, "You want to give a little more?" <laughs> I had a buddy of mine one time say, I told him, I said, man, it's so incredible. I said, I was so broke. And I said, I had ties And I said, I gave my money. I said, I gave what I had. But I said, I really need a little money. And I said, I just prayed, God, give me, you know, let me have a little money, God. You know, I'm faithful. And he said, and he said, what happened? I said, dude, I got my income tax check back early. And it was more than I thought. I said, I had messed up. And he said, so what'd you get? I said, I got a little more money. He said, you should ask for a lot more money. I said, I know, right? Listen, you guys, I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want want you to do that. I don't. What I do want you to do is I want you to be faithful to what God says that he will do for you. He will. And um, we need to give our time, our talents, and our tithe to the local church. We do. We really do. Um, I know this message may seem a little bit self-serving, and it is. Um, I know it seems like, well, gosh, the pastor's up there telling me we need to be. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I've met people that have never gotten plugged into the church and I've met people that have been plugged into the church and I want to tell you the differences in their lives is incredibly obvious. It is. It's incredibly obvious. I'm just wanting you to have the same blessing that I've had in my life. I'm wanting you to enjoy the same freedom that I've had. I want you to enjoy the same. The whole situation has been incredible for me because I've chosen I've chosen, even though it's not perfect, and I'm not perfect, and I'll mess up, listen, let's do life together here, all right? Bring your talents, your time, your tithe, bring, your, bring, bring everything that you have, and let's do life together here, and let's see if we can't affect more and more and more and more people who right now are sitting at home because they've grown weary of going to a church that's fake. That's not who I want to be, and that's not who I want we, us to be, and that's not who we're going to be as long as I'm here. Let me pray for you, Lord. Thank you so much for today. Thank you so much, God, that you are good enough and that you love us enough, Lord, to provide for us. I'm so thankful for the church, the church that has changed my whole life because it has taught your word, the church that has educated me, the church that has um, protected me from from. Various things in my life, God, the people, I look back on the people and I start thinking about all the different people in my life that I met at church and the way they've shaped and formed my life. God, you knew it all. You knew it all ahead of time. And God, I'm thankful for the people you've put in my life. Let me be a good steward of what you've given me. Let me be a good steward of the church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless and remember to love God love others, and live real.